You're listening to Fit Pro Sessions with Parallel Coaching, episode number 39. Hi, I'm Neil Bergman, and in today's podcast, Hayley and I are talking about training variables, our five R's and one V. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity, and coach clients with confidence. We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work and that with the right structure, support and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So how do you learn, qualify and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching. Training variables, Hayley. Training variables. You know what? I get asked almost daily yeah. about training variables to some degree, whether it be inside someone's LAP about programming or they've already got a client, what should they do? Or in their own training, how do we progress or regress? And, you know, we could make this episode incredibly long, but yeah. I want to make it quite short and succinct yes because we could just be lost inside the content and if you haven't done so already go back to the previous um podcast where we talk about context and content yes the context here is being confident with training variables variables being how do i make uh something harder or easier a variable being something like change but you change a variable inside someone's training such as the number of sets or the number of reps that they do or how much rest time and i just want to spend 10 minutes uh on this around um adding more detail more confidence more clarity to training variables yes i'm going to do one thing before we do that i'm literally just going to pick out the fact that even if you haven't asked a question on variables, this is likely going to be the answer to a question you have about programming where you feel a bit stuck. So Let's although add, it doesn't feel yeah, like a variable yeah. question you're asking, listening to this, you might go, oh, ah, it was about variables. Completely. I, I want to add in that variables are all about tactics as well. Yes. Okay, they're tactics. And we did another uh, podcast. I can't remember what number it was which was looking at... Um, the principles will never change, but the tactics there will. There we go. The principles never change, but the tactics will. So the principle being... Give me the principle. Oh, so like reversibility, um, overload. Oh, yes, so the, the, the principle of overload. But it must get... Um, you must achieve uh, overload... Progressively, <laughs> progressively in order to In order to result. adapt. Yeah, yeah, completely. Whereas okay. tactics are what do you change in an uh, acute changes inside a session or inside a, a, a an actual working set yes there we go yeah so really itchy nose today sorry is, is it the sunburn <laughs> no i don't know but it, <laughs> i feel really conscious <laughs> that my nose is itchy. <laughs> just don't itch inside it there we go i won't do that i won't do that there we go so training variables we uh use and have done for quite a few years is five r's and one v Okay. Nice little alliteration. Alliteration. So the five R's are reps, rest, range of movement, resistance. rate, ah, rate. Uh, rate and resistance. resistance. There we go. So, and then you've got volume at the end. And then V is volume. So five R's and one V. Now these just apply to resistance training compared to CV, it'd be some different things Yeah, completely. Um, to manage intensity. So these five R's and a V will help you change intensity of a resistance-based exercise or workout. Yes, yeah, so resistance could be body weight. That's still resistance because you're resistant against body weight. It could be using any uh, a bucket of water. It could be 
a pull-up bar, a kettlebell, a suspension straps, TRX. Yes. It could be a dumbbell or a fixed weight in the gym. Yeah. Okay. It still applies throughout. Yes, okay. exactly. Even inside a yoga or Pilates, you're using the body, you're using a, a yoga block, you're using something to bring about a resistance. Yes. So let's look into these five R's and a V in a little yes. bit more detail about how you progress something to make it easier or harder just by tweaking one of these. Completely. Which one do you want to start with? Well, I'm going to say that most people would go for, and this isn't like just say a, a personal trainer, yoga, Pilates or, or fit pro as a, as a general umbrella heading, but a general gym goer would go for, I'm going to change the resistance first. Ah, yes. So they go, well, this is getting easy now. I'll make it harder. So it, I'll just up which is Which weight. is illogical. You know, if I can lift, you know, uh, 50 kgs for 10 reps, then let's put it at 55 kgs and see how I get on, which is a logical progression. Yes. Um, however, I want you to consider that that's not the first place to dig. Or the only place to do they, Not the only place, definitely. And Completely. if you can exacerbate all the others before you get there, then you'll get even better performance out of yourself. Completely, yeah. So again, that consideration that if I focused on, say, the rate or the speed of movement or the range of movement, um, then if I exhaust those variables before I change the resistance, when I do finally get to the point of changing resistance, then it will be a... A phenomenal jump up. Awesome. Because, sorry, I'm done waffling now. I like it. Because inside changing some of these other variables, you get deeper anatomical and physiological adaptations, which is why you must know your anatomy and physiology, people. Absolutely. <laughs> I wanted to get that in there because it's not just a tedious link. It is the only link. The only reason we're training is to change our anatomy. The only reason we're training is to change our physiology from A to B. The gap there is our training, that void in which we were here in one week and in eight weeks' time we want to be over here, that gap. That's the training gap. Yes. And it's what I do in that gap that changes my... my physiology. My, my, my anatomy and physiology, whether that be for an aesthetic or performance-based goal or a time-based goal or... All goals are, I want to change my physiology. Yes, and anatomy. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They should call it P&A. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do message me, but I have a PNA exam. I have a PNA exam, which is, okay. is, same is what it is. Same words. Um, so, yes. let's dive in. So we've done resistance. We've kind of spoken about, well, some people would just put an extra bit of weight on to now get it more of an overload. Yes. But let's say we have a client, what should we call him? Uh, Bob. Bob. Bob is going to do some squats. Yes. He's currently, let's say he's doing his squats. You said 50 key, 50, 50 kgs. 50 kgs. 50 kgs for 10 reps. For 10 reps. So now how do we make this harder if I don't change the resistance? Cool. So I'm going to go with rate, which is the speed of movement. So typically, at, say, level two or level three, we talk about a tempo or speed of movement of two up, two down. Yeah. Eccentric, concentric. Two seconds down, two seconds up. You could have two seconds down, one second pause, two seconds up, one second pause. How you decide that um, determines on their start point, but also how hard it's going to be. Yeah. So if I want to increase the intensity here, I could have three seconds down, two seconds pause, three seconds up. So he's spending longer with time under tension. Time under tension. So... Before, two up, two down is a four second rep. But if I do three seconds down, three seconds up, that's the six second rep. If I had a one second pause at the top and bottom, that's yeah. now an eight second per rep. Yes, 
exactly so the longer time under tension the more strain it has on the muscles the more damage you'll do to the muscles so, the damage we want but but and i want to say i want to like yeah. go more uh a and p on this you can that's the tearing of actinomyosin yeah completely it's the not, more tears, tears you have particularly in the eccentric phase yeah so if you're in the eccentric phase and you lower down slowly that's gonna mean that you are gonna get even more of those micro tears you yeah, want exactly. with the actinomyosin so you can have more of a progression and development in so the you might go you four seconds down one second pause two seconds up because yeah. it's the lowering phase the eccentric phase that brings about more microfiber tears in the actinomyosin so that made it harder for Bob. for bob and he kept 50 kgs so if he can do 50 kgs for 10 and he once got overload but now doesn't i can now just manipulate his rate or speed of movement oh what i love about this is you can also do it in set it yeah. doesn't have to be one day compared to another day bob could be doing his two up two down of his squat on quite happily for his first five reps and it looks like he's getting it's just too easy he's not getting to overload yeah and i could just slow him down for the last five reps last completely, two reps completely and he get overload i mean at the end of the day if someone's had good sleep is in a good mindset isn't overly stressed is highly hydrated highly hydrated <laughs> is very hydrated and had good food that day the likelihood is they're gonna outperform their previous workout if they were down regulated yeah so they could turn up and just go, I'm, I'm in the mood today. I'm ready to go. And consequently, they, Bob puts his 50 kgs on. He's like, bam, this is easy. Bam, this is easy. Bam, this is easy. Bam, this is easy. <laughs> and you get to like number seven. You're like, oh my God, what's Bob doing? Bobby's like, no, no, you're meant to be on my plan at 10, 10 reps for 50 kgs. This isn't the plan. This isn't the plan. And, and that's where you go, cool, Bob, what I want you to do on this final three reps is go three seconds down pause one second three seconds up and now he's like oh my god this is hard this is hard this is hard and the 10th rep is overload Which and, is that's what you a, and that's what you want because if you don't achieve overload you're not going to get those microfiber tears to get from a to b in a particular time frame awesome boom next one i'm going to say is range of motion range of movement range of movement range of motion is the same thing <laughs> it's the same thing so <laughs> i don't know where i was going to go with that song <laughs> so if you've got um bob doing his squats at, at any pace he could be doing it at the two to two that we just talked about he could be going slower it doesn't matter if i want to make it harder I can just get him to sink his butt a little bit lower so he's got a bigger range of movement. And this is a really good one to include early on, especially with health-related or beginner clients, because they might be starting off in a shallow squat yeah. or you're at a limited range of movement. Yeah. But as they progress, you can increase the depth to a more normal level. Maybe they've been injured and you've had to regress range of movement based on an injury. Yeah. Okay, and now over time, as they recover from that injury, you progress range of movement. You didn't have to go to the speed of movement or the resistance added. You just looked at range of movement of a depth. Yes. There we go. And and again, you know, fatigue comes or overload comes from range of movement in another way. Um, uh, a training system of 21s where you do seven, seven kind of shallow squats followed by seven in the mid range and seven at the bottom partial range, reps. partial reps completely, which is a level three training system. So you're looking at manipulating the range of movement in order to fatigue the muscle fibers in that range before yeah. you move on. Yeah. So it's awesome. kind of could be used as like a pre-exhaust almost, couldn't it? Full on partial repetitions are all range of movement. Completely. 
Love it. It's a, it's a really, really good place to dig before you start adding load because the moment you just add load, that's when your tendons, ligaments, connective tissues around the joints moving are now under you know extreme stress. Whereas if I've played with range of movement and rate first before I go to resistance, I now get, for a period of time, let's just for an arbitrary figure call it four weeks, um, for those four weeks, my tendons, ligaments, and connective tissue um, get stronger, build up this fortitude, yeah. build up this strength to withstand what's to come. Now, when I do place more weight on and Bob goes to 60, my tendons, joints, ligaments, my knees, my ankles, my hips are ready for this now. They're prepared. They're prepared. And that's, that avoids injury. Yeah. That avoids injury. I'm going to say like it should be a prerequisite in planning to go let's exhaust all the variables before i add weight yes simple <laughs> there we next go next variable to dive into i was going to say rest or recovery is the next one rest or recovery same thing so there's two ways of looking i think at rest and recovery or rest it's rest between sets yeah and rest between sessions and by the third way the the, the rest week Okay, yeah. Okay, which is rest between sessions. Or so, between uh, chunks, so like mesocycles. Yeah, things. so, yeah. you know, let's let's go global scale to start off with in terms of rest between sessions. It's during rest that adaptation takes place. It's during sleep, which where adaptation comes through. So if you've got a client that is, you know, addicted to a gym that's doing, you know, two sessions a day, five, six days a week, Okay, which is doable, yeah. but there must be an ample amount of rest in between um, coupled with nutrition. That's not what this podcast is about, but those yeah. two go hand in hand. Yes, definitely. But if you've not got enough rest in between for your central nervous system being your brain, your spinal cord and your peripheral nervous system to um, adapt the anatomy and physiology of the entire body, then there's no point going into the next session. Now, there's a lot of value in fatigue training. Yes. But not continuous, repeated fatigue training. And that would be that by having a reduced rest or recovery in between mm. each of your sessions, you're yeah. preparing yourself for something more endurance-based, so probably. if we go back to some of my ultra runs, so I'm wearing my T-shirt, which was Race to the Kings. Um, Tower. Race to the Tower, which was 88 kilometres um, straight through. So some of my training there was... Um, 10 12 sessions per week and i would go out and do a 10k in the morning and deliberately only have um, six to eight hours recovery in the day before i went and did a half marathon again because that reflected the endurance nature of what i was going to do in my goal and that was a deliberate change and a reduction of that rest between one session and another but that didn't get to that point that wasn't the first point yeah and the distance that all accumulated the previous session was a prerequisite to the next session and that was a prerequisite to the next session so it built up to this ability for my uh, body my anatomy and physiology to withstand the stressor of training yeah there we go nice and then you've got rest in session in session so from a resistance perspective um bob's here is doing 10 reps to overload it must be overload if without overload i'm going to argue there's almost no point doing the session or that that's if he's set. not reaching overload you need to change one of the variables completely um is <laughs> allowed um 90 seconds 90 seconds rest so 10 reps is 90 seconds completely. rest and it's there are very clear guidelines of the amount of rest between 
certain set numbers. Certain set numbers, trying to get my words out. So, for example, um, 15 reps would be 30 seconds, 12 reps would be 60 seconds, 10 reps would be 90 seconds, 8 reps would be 120 seconds, and so forth. Now, everyone is an individual, and that's where you've got the principle of individuality. Yeah. Some people might recover quicker or slower. But as a general rule of thumb, there are set guidelines for the amount of time spent resting between sets before your anatomy and physiology is ready to go again. So it'd be harder for Bob if the first few weeks you worked with him, he was doing 10 reps, having his full 90 seconds before he went again. Yeah. As he now finds that easier, if you were to have less rest in between... That will challenge him to have to recover quicker. Yeah. So if his goal was related to having a quick recovery or yes. being good for endurance Great or something point. like that, we could reduce the rest to challenge that adaptation more than the power in his legs, for example. Completely. There you go. And, and again, it comes back to specificity, which is a principle of the goal and individuality related to the goal yeah so we're kind of jumping into principles and tactics a little bit here but i want to stay on tactics but if your rest is such an easy one to manipulate yeah. and tweak yeah it really is and that's where i'm a genuine believer that as a fit pro regardless of your discipline there should be a clear kind of note-taking formula okay good old-fashioned pen and paper on session and making a note of when did fatigue hit what was the rest time when did they per when did my client perceive themselves to be ready to go again and were you timing that rest you've got to time that time rest to know that, that rest right completely and then asking world-class open questions to establish whether or not my client is at that point yes and with Completely. rest as well, you could apply this into HIIT training, for example. I know, yeah. especially in coronavirus lockdown at the moment, lots of people working from home, doing, uh, sorry, working out from home, doing more and more HIIT sessions, back-to-back uh, -back exercises, where they'd have a period of work and then a period of rest in between each exercise. It's an interval. That's you all a set, and a, set and uh, a set and rest is, is a period of work to overload and a period of rest to recuperate. Exactly. You can progress that over time to reduce the rest regardless of how long you're doing the work interval for yeah so you can use that gradually over time as a progression without changing any of the exercises Com without changing any of the exercises completely changing the <laughs> order but again the order is another new variable you know going for example squats lunges uh sumo squats step ups versus step ups ice skate whatever the other way up is a totally different workout. Yeah. Totally. And, and I suppose that's what another key point I just want to make is that in order for the body, for the anatomy and physiology to adapt from point A to point B over an eight week period, whether it be weight loss, fat loss, um, circumference size of particular parts of the, whatever the, whatever that, the goal is, performance based, running based, high jump, I don't care what the goal is. <laughs> okay. It takes time to adapt. Yeah. And training variables can't be tweaked every session because the adaptation hasn't come through the nice. only thing i'm going to adapt and tweak on session is to ensure i do get overload so if my client does turn up fully fueled and ready to go i might manipulate rate or speed of movement in order to force overload on my last couple of reps yeah. but i'm not going to just go from a two to two tempo one week and go to a four to five tempo the next week because that's too big a jump you want, you know, small hinges swing big doors. You might spend three, two, three, four weeks at two to two tempo before you go to a two to three tempo. Or you might go two to two tempo for a few weeks before you go a two, one, two tempo.
for a couple of weeks. But you've got to give it time for that adaptation to come through. Absolutely, which is the same as learning. Like, if I know a lot of people yeah, listening yes. to this have got kids, for example. If you send your kid to primary school and you start off with them learning um, the things they're supposed to learn at year Let, one. Let's just say to count to ten. Yeah, and then suddenly you give them In some week two algebra, <laughs> they're going to be like, what yeah that's a really this good is point. ridiculous you can't just progress like that it's too much too soon yes and that's now a really they've good point. failed hard yes. and it hurts <laughs> it's like you know like going from like a three-year-old giving them velcro shoes and then in week two going well you know you figured that one out pretty quick let's tie your laces and at the end of the second week going, why can't you tie your laces <laughs> it's too big a jump yeah you've got to give the brain the central nervous system uh, enough time for consistent repeated um uh progression progression that's what you mean I isn't it adaptation yeah. um consistent repeated stressors okay yeah so every time you do a set every time you have a rest uh, between set or between session every time you change the range of movement you've got to have enough of those messages Going the same message, the same message, going back to the central peripheral nervous system, central nervous system, brain, going, oh, this is overload yeah. at 10 reps on this speed. This is overload at 10 reps at this speed. And Bob goes, ah, this is overload at 10 reps at this speed. Oh, he did it again, 10 reps at this speed. Oh, that's what we got to adapt to. I'm going to be better at doing that next time. I'm going to get better. And then the body adapts. Adapts. But if you constantly change the variables... The body is the brain, the central nervous system isn't going to know what to adapt to because there's not enough of a consistent stimulus. Got there in the end. There is one more <laughs> R variable. There is one more R. Repetitions. This one gets really confused because essentially Bob's doing his 10 reps. Yeah. If he's got all the same weight, the same rate, the same range of movement, if I add just one more rep, it's got harder. Agreed? Agreed. It's harder because he's having to do more repetitions of all the same variables. However, we've got all these pre-classed um, zones within adaptation. So like we know that eight to 12 reps is hyper, hyper, hyper hypertrophy. Oh, <laughs> I see what I have to do and work eight with to here. 12 reps is hypertrophy. <laughs> but um, any more than that, so 12 up is endurance. And below, and eight, below eight, eight is, is more strength. strength and power. Exactly. So... If I keep adding just one rep to Bob's um, 10 reps that he does in a set, and the next week I just go, cool, now you're doing 11, now you're doing 12, now you're doing 13, now you're doing 14. It does get harder because everything stayed the same. He's just doing more of the same to achieve overload. But did you spot the problem? I did spot the problem. The problem is he's jumped from a hypertrophy zone to an endurance zone, which might not be his goal at all. So... It's almost upside down in that respect. I have to make one of the five R's. Yeah. Or the other four R's and yeah. the V harder, progressively harder in order to stay inside 10 RM or 11 RM or 12 that rep max. RM is repetition max. Yeah. Completely. So I can't just keep everything the same and just add more reps because we go from a, a 10 rep max, which is, which is uh, hypertrophy, I can say <laughs> all the way through to say the next week, 11, a couple of weeks down the line, 12. And now we're going towards 15 and we're in endurance. And before you know it, he's done 100 reps. Yeah, completely. It's like those challenges that you see like for Facebook, do 100 uh, press ups or do the number of press ups that it is the day of the, the month and you progress and progress and progress. 
But that's only good if your goal is to is be able to do 100 press-ups. Completely. <laughs> completely. So, so yeah. the that's minute acute progressions that happen every two to three, three to four weeks are, are there in order to keep the person at overload at a particular repetition. Yes. There we go. Perfect. And then we got a V. Which is volume, which is the uh, amount or frequency, which is the amount of, first off, globally, uh, yeah. the amount of sessions you do in a week. Okay. That is volume. That is volume. Versus, One session compared to five sessions a week, very different. Yeah, versus um, volume of, of what you're doing in the actual um, So like number session. of sets that Bob does on his squat. But then you could say the number of sets that Bob does total in that particular session. Or on the legs in general. Completely, or volume of number of reps in that particular session. Or if you follow, uh, there's a number of, I think, key uh, people that have influenced me in my learning over the years. Um, Lane Norton, Paul Check, um, those those people that are counting up the volume in terms of total number of poundage or kilograms. So, so the be... total volume lifted in that session. If I added up all of the reps I lifted, for so example- 10 reps times three is 30 reps. Yeah. Times his fifty kilos that he's carrying. So it'd be fifty times thirty, 30 so hundred, yeah, whatever, yeah, like way 1, more. One thousand five hundred. Yeah, completely. How many kilos did I lift, and did that get progressive over time? So, for example, I know I'm waffling now, but I'd look at it and say, right, in week one, session one, I lifted a cumulative a um, thousand kgs, and in week two, I lifted a thousand and fifty kgs, and in week three, a thousand and seventy-five kgs, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. That's the volume. But at the heart of it, the volume is how many sets did you do and how many sessions per week did you do? And I think you can pick that one depending really on your client's goal and who your client is. So you yeah. might say, well, I want number of kilos per week that I'm going to focus on. Or it might be, I'm actually just going to focus on number of sets. How simple do you need to make it for your client? And and, and I love this analogy. It's something we teach all the way through. I think, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a little bit lost on this episode. I, I don't know. But something that we we do very well on on level two and level three is keep it simple stupid keep it simple structured yeah and we've we've kind of whistle stopped through 25 minutes now of, of five hours and a v five hours and a v and you know we'll have on the pt course we'll happily spend a day on this plus and constantly keep coming back to it and coming back to it so if you are kind of uh sitting there going ah, i need to go back and re-listen to this that's fine that's okay that's normal that's like that that's logical progression in its own right. That's like yeah. you going from I didn't understand it, and in twenty five minutes, why don't I still understand it? That's like learning <laughs> to count from one to ten and jumping straight to algebra in twenty five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if you do have any questions, then by all means join our inner circle Facebook group yeah. because there that's a really good place to ask questions. It's where we get all our questions about planning and variables. Anyway, it's a great place to meet other fit bros. So if you haven't joined us in there. Hop into the Inner Circle Facebook group. I'll put a link with this. Yeah, so drop drop in, come and join us. And um, if you haven't left a five star review either in iTunes, it'd be really great to boost. It'd be rude not to. It'd be rude not to. <laughs> but it would also be really good to kind of like let other fit pros know that we mean business, that we actually are, we're here there to help. Yes. Okay, so exactly. Five hours in a V um, is, I genuinely believe, your route to uh, success of programming. It's you're not going to get this immediately. I, I don't think anybody has. I've never no. met somebody because, oh, it makes sense. I get that. And still, every time I teach it, I pick up something else about it. And I'm like, oh, yes. I think it's just the acceptance of planning isn't easy. 
and it, it's not things aren't meant to be easy things that you really want to master if, if you would have a master of them from the outset you'd be like well i'm bored about it. i'm not going to do that yeah okay you're probably still listening to this because you're like actually this is this is something i'm i'm challenged with i'm underconfident with i need to know more about this so you might find yourself going back and replaying it making some notes joining me in a circle asking changing us a, question, a plan for your client changing a plan for your client maybe it's you going out into your back garden and going right i'm going to try this slow it down uh, the rate of a, of a squat and yeah. see how it feels I'm going to speed it up and see how it feels I'm going to try this and I'm going to experiment on myself for the next three to four weeks and see how it feels and go from there exactly so anything else to add that's it that's it there we go that's the wrap so thanks for joining thanks us thanks for joining us Fit Pro Sessions uh, I look forward to seeing you on the inner circle as well to be fair asking questions and outside of that we will see you on the next one uh, which will be episode number 40 40 there we go see you later Hi, I'm Neil Bergman. And I'm Hayley Bergman. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands of fitness professionals to get qualified, learn with simplicity, and coach clients with confidence. We're the first to say that learning and being a fit pro doesn't have to be hard work, and that with the right structure, support, and resources, you can become a confident and knowledgeable fitness professional that is dedicated to more. So how do you learn, qualify, and kickstart as a fit pro? This is the Fit Pro Sessions podcast with Parallel Coaching.